Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Joining me today is Louis Dallancourt. Business Development Director at Novaville. I don't think actually I pronounced your surname very well. Oh, but I think good, <laughs> you might want to say it. it sounds much better when you say it. Louis Dayancourt. Ah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> right. Today we're going to talk about Novaville's Shared Repairs app. Uh, first of all, would you like to tell us the reasoning as to why Edinburgh City Council selected Novaville to kind of help with the challenges they were facing with tenements? Sure. Actually, the, the reason they selected Novaville is... Um, is following a competition, um, which is the, the CIFTEC program, which they took part in. Um, but the reason why they brought up this this challenge of tenement maintenance in the in the first place is that back in the day, um, the council used to take quite an active role in uh, in looking after tenements in the city um, with this old system called statutory notices. Yeah. Um, and so when when that ended. The, the council set up um, a new cell um, designed to help homeowners um, you know, carry out common repairs. Um, pretty quickly they realized that you know, homeowners actually wanted to do things themselves, um, to take charge, and, um, and the council could essentially advise and help them um, rather than, than really take the lead on things. So um, as they started putting together this service, they thought that they might be um, there might be sense in you know working with technology companies to see if they could um, you know come up with a with a solution to sort of nudge people um, in the right direction and, and towards uh, looking after their building better. So they um, they heard about the SIFTEC program, which is this um, Scottish oh, yeah, government accelerator, mm -hmm. um, and um, and that's through this program that eventually Novaville came to to work with uh, with Edinburgh. Okay, well the app clearly benefits homeowners, but also a variety of professional organisations. So let's start with landlords and homeowners. Can you explain the kind of step-by-step -step basics of how the app works and the main benefits to an owner needing to address a, a repair issue? Sure. So look, the, the app is um, something you download off of the, uh, you know, of the app stores. It works on, on iPhones and Android phones. Um, and the, it, it really does three key things, I think, for, for homeowners. The first thing is it allows um, everybody who lives in the stair to come together in one environment. So we call it a virtual tenement. You could call it a digital twin of the building. Um, so it's basically a place where anybody who's you know, relatively comfortable with, um, with apps and smartphones can join um, in order to, to collaborate and work collectively towards carrying out common repairs. Um, so the first thing that it does is, is really sort of gather people and, and regroup people. Uh, the second aspect is that it will, it's a structured process to take people from uh, identifying an issue and reporting it to their, their fellow owners all the way through to having it um, repaired and, and, and completed, to having the repair completed. So um, it, the app will help with all of the procurement aspects. Uh, so once you've raised the issue, finding uh, contractors to quote on the, on the, on the solution. Um, then recording a vote and um, and then issuing all of the correct paperwork to to uh, engage with other people in the stair who, who might not use smartphones um, and the third aspect is um, is actually gathering all of the funds required um, and paying out the contractor so um, it's all three things from sort of regrouping gathering people the procurement 
and then dealing with the um, with the money side of things as well. Okay, well, what happens if there's someone within the stairwell who um, objects to either being um, involved or refuses to pay a repair? I mean, does there need to be a certain percentage of owners agree for the repair to go ahead, or um, you know, how does the the app help with these these issues? So I think it's important to distinguish people who have joined the app. Uh, from people who are engaging or not with the process. It's perfectly fine that people in the block don't join the app. You know, we of course don't expect that um, everybody's going to be comfortable with smartphone apps. Um, and the way in which we built it in the first place was to make sure that it empowered whoever wanted to use it, um, but that it didn't require everybody in the stair or in the block to actually join it. Um, so it was, it was built to be inclusive, um, and, and one of the ways in which that's the case is to make sure that um, the app actually allows one of the, well, any app user to download letters, um, which can be printed out and then handed in to people who live in the block, for instance, or then posted to, to people. So, um, Great, I think so if you've got an older, maybe resident that possibly doesn't mm -hmm. have a smartphone or doesn't mm -hmm. want to use a smartphone, so they can still be included in this whole exactly. process, right? Exactly. So the idea is, again, it, it should um, empower anybody that wants to use it, but you, you really do not need to have everybody in the stead join the, the app. Um, in fact, all you need is really just one person. Oh, okay. Um, then the, the question of people who don't wish to engage um, for, for any reason, that's slightly different and technically that's dealt by the legislation. So what the app does is it makes sure that you're following the correct process um, so that you're, uh, you're covered in case anything goes wrong um, and, and that you can potentially go to the council or even sometimes go to court um, if you need to get a repair enforced. And what the app will do is, because it structures the whole journey for you, um, it records the actions that you've taken, um, it will provide you with one source of truth and, and really with the evidence that you need to then be able to go to the council or go to the courts and say, look, I followed all the correct process, um, it's recorded here in this app, um, and you know, say one person doesn't, doesn't want to pay or pretend like they're not around, um, what, what are my options in, in to enforce this repair? So, so there's almost like a, like a question and answer maybe section on the, on the app or something, is there? So if somebody is experiencing difficulty with payment, mm -hmm. so is there something that, when you're saying that, that they can check for advice, like yes. how, how in, in that Absolutely. way? Absolutely. I think, um, so the app does have quite a comprehensive, you know, what I would call an education section um, with lots of, you know, frequently asked questions and how do I do this and how do I get beyond that, this, that hurdle? Um, it's important to note that the, the council also has a very helpful uh, shared repair service themselves. So um, if there are procedural questions or you know, what if questions or what should I do in this case questions, then these can be asked the council. Um, and the app really will be there to, um, to again, nudge people forward, make sure they're following the correct procedure. Um, it's also possible to you know, extract evidence from the app to then pass along to the council to say, look, um, I've gotten three quotes, I've opened my, uh, my payment account, um, I've gotten all the votes that I need, so, um, so now it's time to progress. And the, the council have help, helpful schemes like the missing share scheme, for instance, mm -hmm. um, whereby they can sort of front the cost of a missing share. Um, and the app will help owners who need to access that by um, making sure that you've got all of the, again, all of the evidence that you need to go to the council. Gosh, that's good. So it's, that, that's helpful because, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a minefield for a lot of, kind of owners. They're unaware of so many parts of, of the process or any difficulties, mm -hmm. obviously, between um, the council and the department, the app, it sounds like, you know, a lot is, is covered and is very helpful. So in what ways does the app help local authorities? 
I think one of the things the app does um, <clears throat> is actually um, lighten the load for them. Um, it, it makes sure that um, we're sort of qualifying and educating people on the ground and we're giving them uh, you know, a structured journey, a structured process to follow. So, you know, hopefully if, if the app works well and if enough people use it, the phone should ring a little bit less uh, as far as the council is concerned. Um, and they can focus a bit more on, on, um, on their enforcement powers, for instance, yeah. um, and the extra services that as a, as a local authority they can, uh, they can provide. For instance, helping people identify um, who owns um, a property when that's not obvious from, from what's in the public domain, um, or again, uh, fronting a missing share if, if there is one. So I think that's one of the things. Um, of course, if you look at the bigger picture, uh, the app has been designed really that the reason why we're here is to help homeowners take ownership of, um, of, their, of their buildings, um, to change the culture a little bit around homeownership and, and you know, try and, and remove that expectation that public authorities are going to be stepping in at some point. And, and yeah, really help the, the city, you know, look its best. The, the, the council will, you know, on, on very windy days, will have to uh, issue, you know, make safe orders uh, because there's masonry falling from, from the oh, sky. Yeah, because we've had some terrible incidents in Asia, exactly. well, which I know you're um, of. So, of course, you know, it doesn't take just an app to solve that, but um, an app is part of the broader um, cultural change, mm -hmm. uh, or it can help bring about this cultural change. It removes a lot of friction, it removes a lot of the, you know, of the excuses that people might have, uh, yeah. because there's now a simple way uh, to bring everybody together to repair the, the building. So. Okay, so I assume the app then also provides better in a, um, business opportunities for construction professionals. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that the key thing for construction professionals is that the app makes sure that the people who are con contacting them um, are qualified um, and that they are organised. Um, so they're like they... members of trusted traders and the likes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. exactly. So we we what we did with the app is. We wanted to make it easy for people when they're requesting quotes um, to potentially work with the contractors that have been vetted by trading standards. So the app will list uh, trusted traders. We've got a, um, a sort of integration with the trusted trader scheme. Uh, that said, you know, there are lots of traders that are not necessarily members of the trusted trader schemes that are still very competent and, and reputable. So we've opened the app so that you can use it with any trader you like. Um, however, the app will list um, trusted traders only, and and I think what what it does is to really you know educate people, make sure that by the time they get in touch with a contractor, they know what they have to do and they they're ready they're ready to buy effectively. Yeah. Uh, and we reduce the number of um, inquiries that contractors might get, where they will go to the property, survey it, um, give a quote, and then not hear back for a yeah. month if not years. So, so it cuts out a lot of that. So I think it cuts out a lot of too. yeah, a, a lot of the um, you know uncertainty. Um, it probably reduces the sales cycle for contractors, mm -hmm. um, and it gives them the the confidence that the people in the tenement have you know set up a, a payment account uh, that they know who lives in the block uh, and that there's proper buy-in from everybody. I think that's quite important. Well, the app must then be also the perfect solution for property factors that are already managing blocks in Edinburgh. Yeah, what's quite interesting is that, um, you know, we designed this as a self-factoring app. Um, 
but when we then showed it to the property factor industry, they said, and you know, I can quote one of them on this, that um, this was something that their industry had been waiting for a lot, for, for a decade for, because um, it, it provides a very good tool for them to engage their client base and for them to communicate better with their clients. Um, now, property factors, um, you know, are also also take care of a lot of the billing, a lot of the accountancy. Um, so our app doesn't necessarily deal with that uh, for them. They, they've already got systems for this, but it does deal with this sort of client engagement aspect very well. So in the last um, six months or so, we've started setting up pilots with um, property factors, big and small, um, to see how we can embed the app in their um, in their stack of tools. Mm -hmm. um, so we're excited to see the first um, the first factor properties um, being co-managed with the app as well in the next few weeks. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm aware that there's a certain amount of professionals that started to avoid dealing with shared repairs since the demise of statutory notices. Mm -hmm. However, they what I've heard is they're now keener to become involved again. So can you tell us more about this and and, and why? Look, um, I think. Fundamentally, there's uh, there's huge demand uh, for works in Edinburgh. You know, we have a, an amazing housing stock here. Um, it's part of what makes the city uh, such a beautiful place and um, and such an attractive place to live in. Um, but there's really not enough contractors um, around to deal with all the demand. Mm -hmm. So you know, I think it's good that they're now starting to to work with tenants again because there's just so much work there to be done. Um, and I think yes, when you know every time a system changes, um, you know there might be slowness in in changing simply because we want to see how things pan out, um, and and contractors previously maybe didn't want to get involved because of the complexity associated with tenements and all of this coordination and collaboration required. You know they only really yeah. want to deal with one person, um, and I think now that the app has has arrived and and provided this um, this this better channel, this better conduit to get work. Now hopefully we're contributing to, to that as well. So are you finding that, that people are becoming more aware of the app when they actually have a repair to, to be done? That's how it's... Yes. it's right, okay. Yes, despite our, our best efforts to raise awareness about the app all year, mm -hmm. all year long, um, we see very significant spikes in, in traffic, in downloads and in activity every time that the weather is bad. Yeah, of course. Because um, the Shared Repairs app isn't just for when there's a repair needing tended to, because when owning a house, people will often maintain their individual property to prevent yes. more serious repairs and higher costs further down the line. And, and of course, this should be no different for property owners within you know, a tenement or in a shared building. So how can the app be used then for general upkeep? I think w w the, a useful way to think about the app is to think about it as a means of coming to um, decisions for shared problems. And that can be repairs, it can be maintenance, it can be a survey. Um, in the future, it will be energy efficiency renovations as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're, um, you know, if you live in a tenement building and you'd like to have, uh, you know, control and clarity over the works that's going to be required in the next few years, um, through the app, you should contact surveyors and you should hire the services of a surveyor. Um, and they will come to the property, they will come up with um, a maintenance plan, um, what, what is usually called a preventative maintenance plan. Um, and then all of these elements can be sort of dealt with one by one uh, as and when required. 
and and the app can absolutely help with this as well. Yeah, because I mean, a well-maintained building must surely add value and be beneficial when selling. And obviously, for a, a future buyer coming in, knowing that it's been well-maintained, it's obviously going to cost them less further down mm -hmm. the line. So yeah, of course. I mean, you know, if if you're um, if you're looking at either buying or selling, I think you know asking questions about the condition of the building when the last survey was done. Does it have a preventative maintenance plan? Um, uh, when was the last time that you know someone was up on the roof? All of mm -hmm. these questions must absolutely be asked. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've had cases where people have just bought a, prop a property and need to realise a, a year later that they were now liable for huge, huge bills. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, th I think. Um, I think that's very important. What one of the new, well, not so much new, but one of the sort of emerging paradigm in the industry is is that of a building passport. Mm -hmm. um, so starting to record all of the all of the work done to a building, all of the issues with it. Yeah. Um, you know, this will establish itself as as a tool that people use when buying and selling. Wow. And we also see mm -hmm. the app as a means of starting to to create that on the ground. That's good because yeah, if I remember rightly, with statutory notices, if you were buying a property. You would you would know if there was a statutory notice already in the right. building, and it, didn't that fall to the owner at the time? Wasn't yes. that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, an existing owners' association would then be helpful in setting an app up within a stairwell. So, do you know how many blocks in Edinburgh have an owners' association? Do you think? And is this something that may become mandatory in the future? I don't actually know how many of them have one. Um, I know that out of our users, quite a, s a small number um, have, have set one up. It's very useful when there is one because it means that a lot of the um, a lot of the you know communication channels are open and and there has been collaboration. Um, it's looking like they will become mandatory in the future. Mm -hmm. um, Do I you think know the rough time scale? I think so. What, we, what is it now? Twenty twenty two. Unfortunately, not before two to three years. Okay. So it will take some time. Um, but it looks like, you know, things are moving. Um, things have been progressing behind the scenes, you know, in Parliament and Government and with the Scottish Law Commission. Um, so mandatory surveys is something that they're looking at. Mandatory owners association is something that they're looking at. Um, and uh, and we welcome this. We think it's, it's mm -hmm. good. Um, you know, you could see the app as um, the digital repository of that owners' mm -hmm. association. Um, it's not one or the other. You don't have to either download the app or do uh, or set up an owners' association. Right. You should really kind of see both as, as working hand in hand. Okay. So how many other cities at the moment um, have the shared repairs app? So we work with um, we we work with councils mm -hmm. um, to deploy the app in their locality. Mm -hmm. Every council has what's called a scheme of assistance, mm -hmm. um, and you know we're, we're a private company. And technically, we could uh, release the app everywhere in Scotland, but we find that it's a lot easier to actually work with local authorities, understand what that scheme of assistance is like, make sure that we tie up with it, make sure that they, um, you know, that they back the the project, um, and that we can work together to raise awareness to people with people. So, so far, we've released in uh, Perth and Kinross and in East Ayrshire. Okay, because Edinburgh is quite different from Glasgow, because Glasgow there's a huge amount of property yes. factors, isn't there? Yeah. So, so Glasgow um, as a city set up different regulations, so there's lots of property factors. I think if you don't have a factor, then you should have an owner's association. Yeah. Um, so although although you know Glasgow is, is bigger technically, the size of 
what I might call the addressable market is a bit uh, is a bit smaller mm -hmm. in Glasgow. Uh, that said, we recently had the green light to deploy there as well. So whichever block um, is self-factoring in Glasgow could be using the app quite soon. Um, and um, and you know I'm working to deploy another cancers as well. So my ambition is that. You know, within a couple of years, we can have coverage over the whole of, uh, of the country. Great. Well, I mean, Novaville's services aren't just limited to shared repairs in tenements or blocks, are they? Because um, the organisation provides other services to cities. So do you want to tell us more about these? Sure. Um, I, the company is actually almost 10 years old now. Um, and and I, we were created because we, we perceived there to be a sort of a lack of quality engagement um, between uh, local authorities and, and residents. Um, both as you know, citizens who, who vote and who complain and who have ideas about policy and, and both as you know, residents who can need to move around. So um, Novaville also, um, through its, uh, its apps, um, allows local authorities and, and residents to engage better. So we call ourselves a citizen engagement company. Um, it's possible to um, offer public services in a, in a simplified digital way to people who live locally. Um, we we do a lot of consultations uh, to gather people's thoughts, um, you know their needs, their priorities, and, and uh, convey that back to decision makers, mainly so that they can de-risk decisions and really know, um, you know, take the pulse of, of local people and know what they're thinking. Um, and another sort of large um, area of work that we do is in mobility. Um, it's in, in and actually in, in mode shift. Um, in trying to encourage people to ditch their car uh, and okay. use and use more um, sustainable methods of transport, and one of the ways in which we, we do that is is actually by offering a, a parking application, um, and by using it you generate data and then you're able to tell people that there's alternative ways of getting to their destination in a way that doesn't use um, so much uh, so much fossil fuels. Um, so yeah, I would say sort of citizen engagement, mobility, and, and housing are the three broad strands of work that we do. So we like to think of ourselves as a, a sort of you know platform for, for sustainable local authorities or sustainable cities in a way. Okay, um, and it's not just UK, is it? Uh, right. No, we we actually do a lot of work in Greece. Um, we work with about eighty local authorities all over Europe, um, and um, and we've got operations in Greece because the founders are Greek. Um, so the, the city of Athens, for instance, is one of our of our largest clients. Right. Um, but in the UK, we work with the likes of the West Midlands Combined Authority. So we run uh, parking services in Birmingham, for instance, uh, and we do you know consultations for lots of um, UK councils. So, right. so it's not just um, not just Edinburgh. Listen, that has been really interesting, really helpful, and obviously not just the um, podcast, but we normally have a blog on the podcast as well, so we'll provide details for, for people wanting to know a bit more. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Louis. Thank yeah, you. My pleasure. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.